So there's nothing new under the sun, as you say, except the tricks are change names quite often it's to deceive the people. Emotion is always used to deceive the people. And wars, same with wars, unless you're directly attacked and it's, and it's self-evident. That's the difference between the, the U.S. Constitution as an example of what, what was new and novel was when they came out with, with the, the Constitution. They said in it that which is self-evident as opposed to being demanded by forces outside themselves or above them or whatever in, in, in society. Uh, you had laws which were self-evident. Yeah? They weren't giving folk rights and freedoms. These rights and freedoms were self-evident. They were yours anyway. They simply gave credence to, to, to their acknowledgement of these pre-existing rights and freedoms. As if the first time it had been done. And as soon as you say it, and Franklin said it too, you know, what they've given us, they've, they said, what, you've, what have you given us? And, and he says, a, a republic, if you can keep it. Because they knew, as soon as you say, power never stops, and those who want power never stop either. It's already on the go, for goodness sake. So, again, there's nothing new under the sun. And then, even then, there was an agenda by the founders, obviously, who used all the occultic symbologies. I've got amazing old encyclopedias that are falling apart here, written in the late 1700s, some of them. And they show you that even the, the, the tokens that they use for money and script and things like that before they, they brought in the currencies. And they're all Masonic symbols and currencies. And then all the different uh, offerings from different founders and, and, mem- and people associated with the founders to, to draft up uh, the great seals. The, all kinds of them. It's just astonishing how occultic they were. So, yeah, there's nothing new under the sun, as I say. But at least they had, in writing, if nothing else, you had the confirmation of what was already self-evident. They acknowledged that which was self-evident. And nobody else had that. Under Britain, even today, you, everybody who works for the crown, police, military, gives allegiance to the crown, not to the British people. And the Commonwealth countries is the same. At the top is the crown. And that's where the power is, you see. And a coat of arms, that which is at the very top of the, of the, of the coat of arms, whatever's at the very top symbol, rules everything underneath it in that same symbol. There's, there's meaning behind all these things, and that's the only reason why you have to, you, have to, you don't have to go off and, and, and spend your life trying to figure out inner meanings, because they're endless, really. And yeah, you, you, there's a long, long string of them, no doubt about it. Right down to the alphabet and language and numbers and numerology and geometria, etc., etc. Absolutely. But you can also lose yourself in it. Some people do. And you can also lose the ability to communicate to other people. Directly. Even though I'm perfectly well aware you can be saying something completely different if you don't understand exactly what you're saying. But it used to be far more pronounced because before the computer came along, uh, again, these, these societies used all these different techniques to communicate openly and open places with each other. Absolutely. Even in newsprint, etc. But with, with the internet today, um, it's so far advanced to do you, that advanced even that, you see, so, so far ahead of it now that they don't even need to do all that. You have a whole internet system, a few actual layers of it above what you've got is the normal internet. It's like a band of frequencies. They've got their own frequencies way above it. Yeah. Used to be only the military that had that at one point, and then special agencies and stuff, and international agents. But now it's way above that. They have their own own levels now just for, for elite members. <laughs> yeah. And they can do their own little Zoom things. No one can get into it or find out of it or whatever, hack into it. So they don't need all these different little little joking symbologies that they used to use amongst themselves. as they tee and ha-had and ha-hawed at the, at the profane beneath them. 
And even in their basic Freemasonry, of course, there's a, an elitist thing which they join if they get in at all levels, even working class. And didn't used to be working class, though, but they had to eventually bring in the working classes because they needed to use them with the promise to help them and, and they could they could stand shoulder to shoulder, eye to eye with uh, fellow members of the of higher classes, you know, all that nonsense. But before that, they never, they never used the, the, the working classes at all, the, the profane, and wouldn't let them in. There's one thing you must always remember. You're, you're warned about that in Christianity, to take no oath. Meaning you don't swear allegiance, you see, by this oath or that oath or by that. You, you let your yes be yes and your no be no. That's it. That's all. That's your answer to anything. Yes or no. Because once you swear an oath to something, you're under legal contract. And that's the difference. A big difference in their system is legalities, you see. Legalities. Legal contracts, and then you're under penalties, because every legal contract, if broken or, or misused, has penalties. That's how it's done. That's like your taxation or your voting system. You vote in your nations, because you've been trained to vote, and your, your parents did before you, and so on. That's, once one generation succumbs to anything, even if it's temporary, temporary war tax, that's how your income tax started off. It's a temporary war tax. Just like your, your lockdowns are, are temporary lockdowns and they're permanent. You never go back to normal, you understand? And maybe 50, 60, 70 years down the road, they'll allow an upcoming generation to have a different system. But they'll be completely vaxxed and passported and probably chipped and everything else. And, and uh, that's how it'll be, folks. But if it's, it's never going to go back to normal and the vaccinations won't stop you from getting it or even passing it on to other people. So you still have to wear a mask and have lockdowns. So what's the point in having them? Yeah. But it's, it's nothing to do with reality. It's a different agenda, as you know. So yeah, if you take, if you, if you sign on to vote to people, you're giving, you're giving authority by uh, these People who say that they're representing the state, whoever that means, because it keeps changing. And they have authority over you and their offices, meaning their police and so on, or, or military, or whatever they happen to use against you. Their agents of offices are used against you. Um, and, and you have to go along with it because you void them in. You, you, you gave allegiance, you kind of swore allegiance by giving them a vote to do just that, to, to have authority over you. As I've said so many times, if, if voting worked for the people, it would be made illegal. The same agenda continues regardless of what party you put in. You had a little bit of a, a dulling of the agenda for years, slightly on hold in some areas, not completely. The climate accord that, that uh, Trump wisely did, at least said no to, was bypassed all before he got in by the states making allegiances with other states and the Paris Accord to make their own agreements with them, regardless of what the federal agencies did. I remember reading articles years ago on that, you know. They've made some uh, allegiances with some of the U.S. states and Canadian provinces to work together on these, and they did work together on it. They didn't care what the governments would do. They would, they would represent themselves and go along with the same agenda. So they just said to the agenda, tell us what you want us to, to agree to and we'll sign it. And so they would say to them, okay, agree to bring the country on board with this, this, and this, and this. And they said, okay, we will. And that was, that's it. Everyone's rigged. Completely rigged, folks. And those who are on board with rigging and, and accept the rigging <laughs> get well financed and doors open up, you understand. It's just pure luck. Coincidences happen. You know, favorable coincidences tend to happen rather frequently for the right people. And if, if you, are elastic enough, you know, in moralities, then you can do awfully well for yourself. Yeah. That's how things work. Or did you really think that politicians went into politics to, to help people? <laughs> it's, it's like, 
it wouldn't matter what job you apply to. And they, they've had it in some comedy movies over the years. Especially when jobs are, jobs are hard to get. You know. But you, you see folk going in, in, a, in a comedy movie and they apply to McDonald's or some place. And why do you want to, in an interview, why, why do you want to work more? Well, I've always dreamed of it since I was a child. All that, you know you're, they're lying. You know. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll chuckle along with the same lie, you see. But the same with the police. And you'll, you'll, you'll see young recruits or potential recruits being interviewed. Why do you want to join the police? I want to help people. You know? And that's not why they go and want to wear a uniform and wear a black gear and have all that stuff hanging around their waist there, all this weaponry. They don't go to help. You don't wear combat boots to go and help people. For you. Combat boots are for, for, for booting folk. That's what you use them for. <laughs> I want to help people. <laughs> You're dressed like a like, like a middle aged executioner, you know. So folk course folk lied for the jobs, you know. And and folk do apply for certain jobs for for for, for you know, because they like power or the feeling of power. And if you have if you wear the badge of the state in all ages, even before it's so called democratic systems, where it was blatant royalty running everything. Uh, it was the same characters who became the henchmen of the, or the king's men. Of course, all the same personality types. We're here to help the people. You know, give us your pigs and your, and your, uh, want ten pigs for taxis and twenty-five chickens from you, you know, or else we chop your heads off. We're here to help the people. Uh, I've mentioned before history. Uh, overall, is, is kind of a horror show. But in between it, you've had kind of periods of relative peace here and there in different countries across the world, where you might get 25 years of nothing much happening in your little neck of the woods, when they didn't have planes and big ships to take over armies and so on, you know. And you didn't get a tyrant who just wanted everything he owned. So, of course, and people have a, a, a tremendous ability, especially those who are really oppressed, People, nations that are really oppressed end up having a great sense of humor. They do. And that's what gets you through things. You, you laugh at things, you know. No matter how ridiculous, and sometimes it's the ridiculous of, of everything that makes you laugh. How ridiculous can it be? Huh? That's what you do. And that's what pulls you through. And you can often tell that from, from nations where you've had so much oppression. They have tremendous sense of humor. Eventually. So you're living through an amazing agenda. Most folk don't know it. People crack up trying to get all their family members to go along with them and accept it. Don't do it. Don't do it. As I say, they can't. It's not their fault they can't. They can't. Something's happened in them. I've mentioned how indoctrination is like a vaccination. The terms they use with vaccination, it'll take or it won't take, and it'll work or it won't. It will, it will take off in the system, supposedly, and give you antibodies. That's the theories behind the old vaccines. But, and it was just debatable, too. But regardless, that's the terms that you use. It was the same with, with your indoctrination. Most folk didn't just get it at school. You, know, you get it all through your life. It's called, it's called perpetual adult education. It took me years to find out what I suspected when I, when we talk about perpetual adult education, this is what was to be a thing of the future, they said in the seventies and the eighties. And I thought, does that mean you're going to have to go to night school forever and ever and ever and relearn things? No, no. They're talking about life all through your life. You'll get updates on education according to the agenda and you'll comply with the new updates you'll put in the operation to adapt into the preordained systems and changes in the systems. That's what they meant by it. And I got that from the communist writings and from um, some writings in Britain about the Red Bishop, I think it was his name, Red, Red Bishop, who who uh, promoted all the communistic ideas. But he talked about this lifelong education. And it wasn't until I really dug into it and dug it and eventually found an explanation that that's what they meant. Perpetual indoctrination, upgrading you in preparation for each upgrade in the system itself. So you'll adapt into the new system. And then upgrade to the next part, lifelong education. And it would be put across 
through books, entertainment, media, and of course movies and, and things. So that, that's what you get. All the PC updates are embedded in your movies. All the big changes, even in sexuality, all of them, were all promoted and still are through movies first, comedies. Because it's hard to be angry at a comedy or even feel uncomfortable with a comedy, you see. Because the characters that they'll show you for the changes are generally kind of decent, kind of likable goofs, you see. That's who they give you in the comedy movies, the fictional versions. Eh? And you adapt into, oh, well, you know, little by little you adapt and adapt and adapt to all the changes until, well, until what? Always remember, you see, practicality and factual and factuality is premised on that statement again. That which is self-evident. The different schools of thought, and we know who they are, they were given permission to create a new culture for the West post-World War II, and for Japan and Germany, but the West definitely. Uh, an umbrella group, all funded, again, to do it, given permission by the presidents of the U.S., as an example, and prime ministers of Britain. They talked about that, too, of, of uh, altering society. To, to But they also mentioned they'd have to basically emasculate a lot of the men to an extent. Because they had different goals to accomplish. Men, generally the ones that create the they stand up and do the fighting. Generally, traditionally, that's always what they've done. Right? Kings and queens never had problems so much with the women; it was the men, uh, and they would band together rather quickly in times of trouble and cause problems against the crown. In different countries, of course, but in modern societies. They have a big agendas which you must get in with timetables. Like, I want to get this done in five years in this part, 10, 15, 20 years. You, you have to be pretty sure of pulling off what you want to. And you're going to have opposition, so you have to have techniques and, and ways to neutralize the male input. And what you must do is alter that which is self-evident. And once you bring confusion into that which is self-evident, then you can, then you can, it creates a little, a little chink out of uniformity of thought. A little chink, like a little wedge, and then you can bring in more and more things which put apart different parts of that which is self, until you're unsure of everything. And as you're becoming more unsure and more unsure of everything, you, you'll destroy the old system, you won't go along with it, you won't, you won't even have children. You're fulfilling someone else's agenda and you don't even know it because you're complying with it. You'll even turn on yourself eventually. Self-destruct. This is warfare. And people don't know that. But those who wrote the books on how to do it, who created the organizations that fomented it, who, who, who had whole publishing companies to put out their material, and had world meetings, many, many per, per year, actually. They knew how to do it. And your governments at a very high level, it's all under, at least we're along with it. Because most of them are fronts, as I say, you know. Once that which is self-evident, right, is put into doubt, then it's easy to stick in another doubt into that wedge that's opened another one until literally you get neutralized, you're out of the picture, you're now disabled, you're out of, you know, you're no problem from then on. You're disabled. That's battlefield, you know. To destroy or disable an enemy, that's what you do. You're conquered. So remember, this is a full-scale war. And it's like any, any war, uh, the generals and higher, the higher officers are all trained, whether they stick to it or not, but they're trained to literally not to let emotions get in, in the way of solving problems and continuing. Emotion can break you up, step by little bit by little bit till it breaks you down. 
and it, it makes you weary and war tired, war weary as they called it. And uh, emotions can be your enemy then. And emotions can also be your enemy, as I say, because it opens up a target to the enemy. The very fact you've got a mind and that you're sensitive to, to what's going on and you care about what's happening, what goes on, you're passionate about, about fighting back against it. And they can use that against you by targeting you, you see. And so you have to become like a duck where water just runs off your back, doesn't bother you. Uh, literally doesn't bother you in order to win, succeed. Because it's a very complex war too. It isn't just what you see on the net. Most folk get into the net and they think it's, these are, these are the different sides and so on and they know, eventually they know who's who and so on. But they don't realize there's a lot much, much bigger than all of that. And that even many of the planets that are put out there for them to, to follow or emulate are literally that. And again, it's in the manual of cyber warfare and psyops. It literally is in it. it that's what they do. That's what your government does with your troops in certain divisions of them or, or regiments of them in other countries. Big operations, you know. And these are unconventional tactics, you see. They're not straightforward tactics of just you wear the white feather in your hat and you all wear the black one and then you go at it. This, this, is, this is real covert stuff and softening up and and psychological warfare and so on. It's, but it's just, it's very effective. And you can disable people just as, just as badly as though you had wounded them physically. Absolutely. Until they're disabled. Or they, again, they fall into, you lead them up to the elephant trap and they get so emotional before they carry on. Oh, that's wrong. That's terrible. We should do something with that. And they fall into it. And <laughs> they're deplatformed. And uh, and they're they're sued and silly and so on, or they're charged with different kinds of um, new types of crimes and things like that. It's, it's all deliberate. That's how it's done, you see. Standard stuff. So we're very very careful uh, out there, as I say, and uh, it's, it's almost like uh, there's lots of examples of it. And throughout your life, you get more and more people who who fall into the traps, and then they become. Victims of, and they, they all get, all, all get targeted. You're definitely on a list. You'll be targeted if you start speaking out about what you, what you think is the truth or perceive as the truth and injustice. But, uh, it's like that great Barrington coalition they had. I don't know if it's still on the go or not with some of the doctors or, uh, and so on. But uh, when the woman was, was on, when the woman that were in it was on, and she said that, that she couldn't believe the vitriolic hate that got spewed her way. She didn't think that people were even capable of just going like that and turning on her like that. Well, she doesn't even get it yet. It's probably mainly the cyber warriors by the government's agencies and military that, that, that did it. That's what they do. And if, she, if you're sensitive enough, like she was, obviously, she took it all as real, She'll feel flattened that, that they hate it. Oh, they hate me so much for what I'm try, trying to do. And they say, I'll, I'll be guilty for killing people, lots of people because of what, what we're telling them and so on. And, and there'll be deaths on my head because of the, the, the anti-vaxxers and all this kind of stuff. Said, this is how they, get, they go for you. And, and if she believed it all, she'd start breaking it. She couldn't believe. Well, that's, that, that wasn't for ordinary people. That doesn't come from ordinary folks out there. A coordinated and sustained massive attack like that, you see. That's exactly what the cyber warriors do. As I say, the other ones, if you're a bit more clever, they'll try and infiltrate you. Sometimes it'll take years. Well, just like any other war, you know, like sleepers, they call them sleepers. Well, they try to do the same kind of thing in cyber warfare as well. So you be so careful in this day and age not to, to, Succumb to, to name calling eh? and vitriolic attacks because it is very, it's worse out there than you think. It is worse. I could give you lots of stories, but I won't because it, 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 I could mention some of the dirtiest tricks you'd imagine, even within the, what is called the, used to be called the Patriot Community or the leaders of them. But I won't either because they might call it sour grapes. You know, the followers would. So there's no point talking about it. But um, there really isn't. And again, why detract from what you're really you're really here for, which is to, to really do what you do, rather than getting caught up. And this is a, another tactic they'll use too. They'll try and 
tie you up in answering charges to whatever, which are bogus or fake or doesn't make any difference. As long as they can tie you up with it until so much of your time would be devoted in trying to defend yourself against something which didn't harm. Uh, that you're, again you're disabled. This is, these are all operative techniques that they use. I hope you understand that. So don't even get any squabbles about things. Think of the bigger war that's going on. Be aware of the characters involved in different areas. But definitely, um, yeah, don't fall into the elephant traps that are laid out for you to be, to disable you and to get you out of the picture. That's how it, this, this stuff they teach in their manuals. I, I can imagine what their schools are like in, in the military for this, see? Because they go into more depth and give them lots of examples and you'll get young cocky recruits coming in that, uh, they think it's all just fun and they get arrogant and now they get to get back doors into folks' lives and, and they can, they can screw around with them and laugh at them as, as the people stumble and fall and, and wonder what's happening to their service and yada 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 and, you know, ha ha ha, aren't we clever? And you saw that too, and, uh, it's a standard what happens, you end up with tyranny. Government shouldn't be employing these characters in train that we do this anyway. But, but the lives of others, the movie was, was really good with the Stasi in East Germany, which a lot of, and this is a, a lot of it was copied after East German Stasi, which was very efficient in what it did. It had so many people in the, in the state bugged, it had thousands of operatives and assets. They, they blackmailed the public to become assets. They even had, <laughs> You've got to understand how devious power and power systems are. You've got to really understand, even in your systems, it's been on the go in your own systems long before most of this trouble came to the attention of most people. It really is. Just because it's quietened down a bit here and there, or it was quieter, then didn't mean it wasn't, of course it was going on. Absolutely. But in the Stasi system, they, they would do street theatre, they'd set up little, little, Scenarios, if they wanted you to, to, to work voluntarily for them. But they were pretty sure that you maybe wouldn't voluntarily. So what they'd do is they'd do a setup and, and you'd walk into your usual, usual routine every day. You walk into the store, you buy a coffee or cigarettes or whatever it happened to be by them. And, um, and when you walk in this one day, some kind of thing is said rather loudly by a customer. Who, who, now, now he's recent. This, this state stinks. Our, our government is evil. Blah blah blah. You see. Now, it was your duty as a citizen to report such a thing from happening. So they'd have the people there, and, and it's a setup, right? The person was there to do like an actor, and uh, you were to be the the target. You were with an earshot, and then they'd, they'd, they'd wait and see if you would rush off to tell the authorities. Of this, this comrade out there, what, what he'd said and done. Or not. And if he didn't, he'd be approached, you know. Well, it's been a report to us that you were present at the, at when this outburst was made by a, a dissident and so on. And yada yada yada. Why didn't you report it, comrade? Yada yada. Well, you know, you might be work it off for us. We, we need you to do this job for us. And so you become an informant for a while, you see. Or else you went to prison for not informing about a, a treasonous act to this by a dissident, which was just saying something, you know. What we're talking about, we used to call it, we used to call it, you know, totalitarian tyranny in those systems. It's all here now. It's all here, folks. You've got so many agencies authorized to check every, everything you say every day on the phone, any kind of phone, on the internet. And, uh, well, I said they've got virtual use set up everywhere. Virtual use. Where the Pentagon, remember, from their own article from a few years ago said that for everybody in America, we have, we have a virtual view. And they update it automatically from all your sources to add to your profile. And they could do little scenarios, run them on you, putting you, your virtual you in particular, going through scenarios in everyday life and settings and things that would happen and to see how you'd react to them. And they said that the virtual you was so perfected, they could pretty well predict what you would do in real life if they set you up to do it. 
how you would react and behave and what you'd do. This is your free This is the system you vote for. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. In your own country now, it literally, the true definition of fascism, you know, remember, was a system, a totalitarian system, an elitist system, where they brought in elites to run you. They didn't have to, they didn't have to be an ethnic group, by the way, running you, or a pure race or anything like that. It was a, it was a superior, what they believe is a superior group over you. With their own uh, system of beliefs, basically. And the beliefs can be just that they are superior and they had the right to rule over you and they belong to the right clubs or the right agency, whatever they joined, whatever, whatever their background that they came from and family backgrounds. So they were superior to you, you see. And they would, they would, they would preside over all, all business and government. So it was a coalition basically. And they would decide what, how you would get raised if you get born, and as I say, what you would do in life. And you had that from school to work idea too, the common issues which are adopted in the States eventually at one point. And before you know it, you're, you're under that same tyrannical system where they, they tell you what you've got to do. Even your body, you don't own your body, the state owns your body for the greater good. Everyone works for the state, you're all getting paid to stay home. Huh? Ding, ding, ding. What, what does that mean? Eh? Like centralization of government, communism, collectivism, blah, blah, blah. And government authorizes which businesses can stay open. And it also authorizes what manufacturers' products are going to get pumped into your body that you better take. This is beyond any fascism, but it's worse. Yeah. We've already got the euthanasia that the Nazis got blamed for. The Nazis copied it and said, and Hitler said in his own diaries or books that they copied it. He congratulated the states for for, for pioneering it and, and uh, Britain too, but for sterilizing the people, etc. Of course they were doing that there. Cold Spring Harbor and all the rest of it. Eh? And the Rockefeller Foundation for Better American Families, eugenics. Eh? What would we do with the poor unfortunates while sterilize them? And they weren't just sterilizing, a lot of them simply died of mysterious, you know, illnesses or maybe bad reactions to things. That's the harsh realities of life, folks. It's not a pretty picture of the past. And the only joy comes from individuals, whether in their small groups of friends and so that's where you get joy, you know. Even amongst these horrible times. Because there's a lot of evil out there. And you've got to understand, I mentioned this term resolute so many times before. Resolute is something that comes when nothing is going to ever change the course of events, that people become resolute who, who are the perpetrators. Even if you're on what is a, a good side, right? Uh, and, and you're going to go out there and fight a battle. Don't get in the way of people who, who have no option now but to go and fight that battle. Don't get in their, in their path because they are resolute. You'll see it in their faces. But you'll see that same resolute behavior amongst tyrannical, corrupt politicians and operatives. In the States, mainly, it's, throughout the whole year, you've had incredible displays as it would after Trump. It's astonishing. You see the vitriolic hate and, and the complete sworn allegiance to one agenda, regardless of how ridiculous or falling apart it would be or how shredded it was or full of holes. Made no, that was resolute lying. That's dangerous. They're dangerous people when you see that. Very, very dangerous. It's the same characters are resolute, as I say, uh, uh, to come and kill you maybe. Or people like you. That's what they've done before. The first thing the Bolsheviks did, round up all the folk who, who, who disagreed with them, just round, yeah, and annihilate them, you know. Don't even bother with re-education camps for most of them, just kill them all. That's what they did. Every country they went into, Poland and so on, they did the same thing with a whole, they, they boasted in, this, in, in Russia, we have eliminated the whole class of people. And had a party about it, Trotsky and the rest of them. And replaced that class with themselves, by the way. 
And when you, you, you hear certain people in the States saying the same thing, and they're in power of the so-called Democrat Party in the U.S. now, saying similar things that they mustn't ever let, uh, anyway, what they call, they call the, the, what they call the right wing get in again, which really is just the ones who are basically back to the Constitution. If it's not the Constitution you're under, what are you under? It's some other system, obviously. And of course it is. They said they want to eliminate the Constitution, eradicate it, you know, an end run, an end run, do an end run around the Constitution, run head head on. CFR member said that. You can find it out there, that I've said it many times before. So, and then, yeah, and they want to round up people and go after them. You've had Congress people saying it recently, same thing. You know who they are, you know, you, you guys have been in the military, you know what to do. This is dangerous times indeed. It's repetition, isn't it? That's what you're seeing about resolute. You're seeing murderous intent being displayed openly. Murderous intent. And that's called resolute. That old saying that they'll either stay together or swing together, you know. If they, if, if, because if they, if they back up, if they get weakened and overthrown, uh, what are you going to do with these folk? Who decided to destroy an economy of a country and the planet? This is, the COVID is nothing with COVID. You don't lock down healthy folk under any disease. This is the whole sustainability agenda, as I've said from the beginning of this thing. Run through on it. What would you do with them if you could bring all these people and put them on trial with evidence that they all colluded to do that, this for other reasons? Eh? What would you do with them? Well, you see, those on the left wing have already decided what they're all going to do with you if you're not part of their agenda for communism. Same kind of thing. Same thing. And they've been vocal about it. <laughs> And no one's stopping them, which tells you they're operating on behalf of the so-called deep state, which is massive international CIA organization, with all the other groups of other nations on board with them. That's what it is. The ones that seem they're back on track now, they've got Biden and, well, really? And it doesn't matter about vote fraud. It makes no difference who comes forward. Again, even the ones who've come forward who had their lives threatened for exposing what they witnessed, the people who worked in these sorting stations for votes and so on. Some of them have been attacked physically. And who's investigating it? Nobody, as far as I know. The courts won't touch it. It tells you they're stacked. There's a power that exists that no one's going to go against here. It's very much like um, you get all these these little sayings that are parroted in traditional, real or mythological history. <laughs> some of them are true, some of them are verified, other ones aren't. You know, they become kind of urban legend or myths and so on, because people like to have justice done, even going back and looking at history. So you either, you either have deathbed confessions that never happened from tyrants, as an example. And one, from, I remember reading about Bertrand Russell, who, oh, what an arrogant psychopath, this guy, but he came from a family of them, a eh? long lineage of them. Uh, but yeah, he was arrogant as could be about useless eaters and how science had the right to rule and decide. And he, he he's the one who said that if there was to be a tyranny that would come and, re- and replace this obsolete system, he said he'd rather be a scientific tyranny. And that's what you've got now under the cover or the guise of science where you're told not to question professionals by Fauci. Eh? Remember he said that? How dare you little people question things? You just Your brains are too tiny to understand it. There's nothing complex about it, believe you me. The human body is the basic human body, and that's why it's a machine. But now you just don't understand these things, you know. But anyway, yeah, that's how Bertrand Russell was too. 
And he was quite blatant about the agenda for depopulation and useless eaters, he called them that, you know. And the fact you need a bubonic plague every generation or two to keep the population down. That's what he said in his own books. And how you'd always grab the children and uh, train them. The state would train them for new, the new moralities and the, the new values of the state. That's what he said in his writings. He worked with experimental schools early on to give permission. No other schools could do the kind of things. would create new moralities, sexual and otherwise. In the 1920s, as an example, he was given permission to do experiments like that. To see what they could do to alter the behavior of children who would then become adults, you see. He was really using the same technique they were using in Russia under Pavlov, and Pavlov's techniques were used. It wasn't just dogs he was torturing. He was doing the same thing in the schools for behavior modification of children. They even had super boxes on the, on the tabletops of the teacher's desk, you know, or table, on their, on their desk. Uh, they literally put a, a frequency that was designed to, to make the children more passive and put them into almost, almost a subliminal state or of reception and topics and so on. This is a fact, folks. They had it right up until, I don't have to tell you, but they, they had it right up until even Waco happened because during Waco, I don't know if anyone remembers it, some professionals from Russia came over and went to, to Canada first with, with their ideas and then down to the States. And they proposed to use their technology on the inhabitants inside the house at Waco. They said they could literally put them in, a, in a, almost a hypnotic state with their technologies, which they had used in classrooms for years. I'm not kidding you, this was in the papers, eh? they had exposés and it was in the magazines of that. This is the technotronic stuff that, uh, on a literally, on a more focused local level or small level, that Brzezinski was talking about in the 1970s in his chapter, The Technotronic Era. He says we could put frequencies across entire nations if we want to. That was then. That meant they knew it worked. <laughs> they tried it. It would alter the behavior or making people are passive or aggressive or whatever, or even tired by certain frequencies. It's way more advanced now, of course, as they can, it's so micro, they know exactly different, they've mapped the whole brain in, in the different frequency wavelengths of different parts of the brain. That was the human brain project that Obama's group was doing. Even Sunstein was involved to an extent in that for, it wasn't because they want to look at pretty pictures. No, it was because they could want to find out how you can more preferably manipulate the people predictably. Hmm? Of course, that's what it was for. So, as I say, uh, anyway, getting back to what we're talking about, the, you understand you're, you're living in a kind of horror show in a sense, and your own governments, long before the recent you know, admissions to all they're up to, what they plan for the next few years, They've been doing a lot of this stuff all along on you, and you don't even know it. Don't know it. Hmm? You don't know it. But in Russia, that's what they had, and that's why Eleanor Roosevelt was so impressed with Russian children. They so disciplined when she went over to see her. Her hero, she says, Pavlov, the man who was making the, break, the breakthroughs for behavior modification and, and altering reflexive action and responses. To make people more predictable. And the children, he says, but they did, they went to school, they were looking kind of solemn and but well behaved in uniform and no laughing and shouting and, and playing and, and tagging each other and chasing each No, no. He says, but she was so impressed because of that, she preferred that technique as opposed to watching the, the American children laughing and playing around, fooling around on the way to school. Yeah. And of course, FDR's whole staff, you know, Hopkins, a whole bunch, they're all pretty well communists. Some of them are car carrying communists. And don't forget, it was Wall Street that put him in. So again, here's this thing, with big money in communism, big money, it's much more efficient. Well, Mr. Trudeau in Canada says that too. You tell the folk what to do and they do it. You have to bother about individual rights and individuality. It's just an awful nuisance, that, you know. Yeah. 
there you go. It's coming to a head now as they rush through ahead into the nexus, the next phase of the system of the planned uniform society. Obviously. Post-consumerist society, as I've said before, many times. You're put from a manufacturing base through free trade agreements, all drafted by the CFR, Royal Institute for International Affairs, all drafted up, all the agreements, and planned by them, implemented by them, and, and, their, and their branches, they're the technocrats, you know, all working together to make it all happen. We didn't get a vote on anything to do with that. And they got rid of your industry, and then you're, you're left with a service economy. We import everything and sell it from one hand to the next seller to the next hand to the next seller. That's what selling's all about. But you're not making anything. All planned ahead, way ahead in advance. Every U.S. senator was involved on board with that agreement. You know, same in Canada, the states, and same everywhere else. Because they serve a higher God, <laughs> who tells them, which tells them, this is why you go to vote, Sonny or Madam. And they do. And they all know it. It's like going back again to, I think it was, uh, Wilson, President Wilson, and again, these, these myths and legends that the Parliament was mentioned earlier. But he did, he, he, apparently, and Mandel House hinted at this too in his own, his own memoirs. He said that, uh, because, because Mandel House really took the, like, he liked to take the credit for really getting the guys together for, Agreeing on the banking system, the true Jekyll Island idea, a federal reserve, a federal banking system, and and uh, they used Wilson. And Wilson, he said, well, everybody said that Wilson loved to hear himself talk a lot. So much so, folk would get bored with him, and he'd yawn, and he was a big talker, a, a tremendous ego. So he stroke his ego. And he would, you get Wilson to do what you wanted him to do, basically. And it's said that after Wilson got the Federal Reserve in, and it was used immediately for his purpose, which was they got World War One on the go, they got involved in World War One, and they sent American troops abroad, took a lot of money, so he just borrowed from the new central bank system. And, and they've got guaranteed payment, because now you've got to set up the same system as Britain, that goes way back to Roman times too. Uh, the money lenders set up the system, they lend to the government for their escapades and their conquests, and then they give themselves the right to tax it off the, the general population to pay off the debt. And that's what you got with the Federal Reserve. And then up comes the, comes your, your internal revenue service system, you see, which is a great story too. Even the photographs of the one in Maryland is quite fascinating if you noticed it. And, um, it's the same system as ancient times. That's not coincidental. And so Wilson supposedly said he'd, 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 he's maybe, he's ruined the country. So this is what they do, you know, they'll say, this is what he said towards the end of his life. He, he, I think I've ruined my country. Before he said it, not, we'll never know. We'll never really know. They tried to say the same with Bertrand Russell, as I say, who, who literally is a tyrant himself, but a psychopathic like him would never repent. He had no need to repent. On his deathbed, he, no, no, no way. It's maybe better to take the, the views expressed in the novels, especially the one that was Coningsby by Benjamin Disraeli. And he was put into the British government by Rothschild because he pretty well owned the government by then uh, through all the wars and escapades and so on. And so he put Benjamin Disraeli in, who was really a novelist and a progressive one. He, you know, he got touched back then from being a bit too gauche, as you said. Or some of them said fast, a bit fast, you know. Gauche. Or explicit, put it that way. In certain areas. But anyway, Benjamin Disraeli did in Coningsby have, uh, in the, the novel, you know, the fictional novel version of it, he said that the people who rule behind the scenes are vastly different from the ones you think are there doing it. So it gives you a lot of little clues of how things worked in reality. Of course, that's how it really is, even then. Yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's, again, you even have that. You see, you have the precursors of, say, MI5 and MI6 in Britain. Your discreet service is still there, by the way. You know, there's another higher level there. And they used to only recruit from aristocracy. 
and nobility. For centuries, really, you know. Down through time, if you look into and Britain's a good example because they write a lot more history about themselves, boasting about it at times. Russia does some of it too. The communist groups write about themselves quite openly too, or copiously, like because they enjoy the limelight. But they they, they talked about the just men, like the just men society, or you had all these plays and fictional versions came out, like the four just men, and but you had that with Karl Marx and these kind of groups. They claimed that they were on the this, this side, on the side of right, you know, for society. But in reality, when you see the, the, the Bolsheviks get in Russia, I mean, it was like unleashing a, a, a shoal of piranha on, on a, a horse swimming across a river. Uh, it was horrible, absolutely horrible. The, 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 the ferocity of uh, the Bolsheviks and slaughtering people is just amazing. The hatred, built in hatred, incredible. And, and absolutely no affiliation with the people that were slaughtering at all. So you, you, you got to understand that there's a tremendous evil in the world. There's no doubt about it. It's tremendous evil. And when it becomes resolute, you, you better understand that they mean business and you're looking at the potential horror coming down the pike. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm telling you. They won't tolerate democracy. They won't tolerate in the different opinions, absolutely no way whatsoever. I'm telling you, the folk don't realize what's happening here. And this is the transition. This is the same transition that, that let's say, Bush, Bush Senior, George Bush, when he was president, talked about with his New World Order coming into view. More just and equal. And what do you get from the World Economic Forum? Oh, a more just and equal society, redistribution of the goods. Wasn't that a communist manifesto? It's not strange, it's all the same. Eh? But of course, what they're really telling you is the redistribution of all, all your goods. <laughs> they are going to lose in at the top, they'll acquire more and more. But you all must go into utter poverty and austerity and be utterly dependent on the state. That's what it's about, folks. Cutting com. Remember, go into it. Send a few bucks my way. It's very important. Keep me ticking along as we go through this craziness. And if you want, you can buy the boots and discs. There are two or just straight donations. And how to do it is on the site, cutting com. Personal check. Cash is fine. Uh, MoneyGram works too. And uh, as I say, let me know if there's any other ways to get get money to me as we go through all the big changes that are happening right now.